0: We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is E.J. Liddell going to crack the first team on Big Ten. I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Buckeye Breakdown, our instant analysis post-game show after a game that had Ohio State fans feeling a whole bunch of different emotions throughout the course of the night. I'm Brendan Gulick, along with Andrew Lind. I'll tell you what, its uh, at the end of the day, it's a victory. That's most important. The Buckeyes start the year with a 21-10 to win. Um, man, stream of consciousness, there are so many thoughts that come to my mind at the moment. The offense didn't look great, but when they needed it, They clearly could lean on it. They ran the ball effectively down the stretch of the game. Um, But, gosh, if if we don't start by talking about the defense, then we're not doing anybody justice because that was about as good a defensive performance uh, as we've seen from Ohio State against any opponent any time since the 2019 season. Um, I don't care what the point total was that they gave up. That that defense stepped up in a huge way.
1: Well, then it was kind of crazy to hear Jim Knowles, you know, standing behind us speak and say – that that was really just their basic defense. I mean, they only, you know, they, they held Notre Dame scoreless in the second half, 72 total yards in the second half. So, you know, for them to only be in their basic defense, like that, that, that's something, you know, pretty crazy. So it'll be interesting to see what it's like in a couple of weeks, you know, when he continues to install things or when they go up against more complex offenses or something like that. So really, yeah, I mean, that, that was really the, the storyline. That was something that we have been looking forward to for eight, nine months now. And then you know, for them to go out there and put that on the field. that I mean, that that's great.
0: The stars were uh, shining brightly uh, on Ohio State tonight and at Ohio State tonight. Anybody who was anybody that had something to do with Ohio State football was probably here, and a whole lot of people that were marginally connected to the program uh, showed up as well. LeBron James, the big hero of the night for sure pregame. You know, before we talk maybe about the game itself, you made a great point before the game about, why this feels like such a good time for Ohio State to be scheduling a legit opponent early in the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that just the fact that the NFL doesn't start for another week, it can bring back the 50-plus, you know, former players who are in the NFL and, and have them here. And, you know, I, I mentioned to you, too, you know, they have Dylan Raiola here. He can go and hang out with Justin Fields. They have Mark Fletcher here. He can go out and hang out with with Ezekiel Elliott and so forth, so on and so forth. And, you know, I think that that's just something that they should consider moving forward. You know, obviously you, you'd have to get like a home and home with somebody, but every, you know, two years, it might be worth having that very first game be against a premier opponent and then, you know, bring everybody back for that.
0: Uh, and, and all of those guys at some point, went and hung with LeBron and if I'm Dylan Rayola and I got a chance to go watch a Buckeyes game in person thinking about, Hey, this is my spot. I I love everything about Ohio state and I'm standing with King James on the sideline. It's a recruiting pitch that nobody else has.
1: Yeah, and I think that you know that's just kind of a um, an intriguing aspect of it too, with the fact that you know he's kind of said you know hey I you know I would have come to Ohio State had I went to college, and then his son too was here you know because Ohio State's you know recruiting him, and you know if he comes too like that that'll just you know bring more awareness to the Buckeyes basketball program, and I mean it's really just a, a relationship that it's smart of them to embrace.
0: So the Ohio State Buckeye defense was the star of the night, and I don't know if there was maybe any one guy in particular that jumped off the page, Um, but there were a few guys that I thought really impressed. Mike Hall played as well as I could have ever imagined him to play tonight. The jump he took from last year to this year, just based on one performance off the charts, because he, he just wasn't the kind of guy last year that showed that he had that capability, and today he was a wrecking ball in the middle of the line. Yeah, and and Jim Knowles called him disruptive, which I mean, that was a a
1: really good description of of what he was saying. (laughs) I think that, you know, just kind of having that year in the program to get his body right and get his mind right then led to this, you know, this performance today. And if you think about it, like if if he's coming in and he's he's uh, you know a redshirt freshman starting over, you know, you got Teron Vincent in the middle, um, Cage, you know, those kind of things, like. If, if, if him and Tyreek Williams are able to step up and, and create kind of that, that one two punch, like the Buckeyes aren't going to be able to be run on, you know, up the middle.
0: I, I don't want to get like deep into X's and O's because I don't think that's the purpose of, of our instant reaction after wrapping up the press conference tonight. Um, but it was immediately obvious how different looking the defense was, considering that so much of the personnel was the same from a year ago. The most noticeable difference is basically the position that Jack Sawyer was playing. He was often in a two-point stance. He was always rushing, or I should say, almost always rushing, uh, but not always coming off the end. Sometimes he was in the middle. the The pre-snap movement from the defense, to me, just quick glance, was really different than it was last year. And I, I go back to that word disruptive again. You know, the first play from scrimmage is obviously pretty frustrating because mm-hmm. they broke off a fifty-four yard fifty-four uh, yard broken tackle and run. Um, but I look at the play and think, okay, Ohio State absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage on that play. And Steele Chambers didn't just run down Lorenzo Styles; He had the, the mental wherewithal to try to punch the ball out as he's chasing him. I mean, it was for being a broken play, they managed to save the touchdown and then eventually – You know, never let up a touchdown on that drive. Yeah,
1: and the thing that I noticed really the most just being down on the field was that, you know, it seemed like there was gang tackles more than anything else. It wasn't just one guy coming to the ball. It was one guy getting to the ball and then everybody else coming and meeting him. Or if, you know, one guy kind of, you know, slowed him down, missed, then everybody else would be right there. So, you know, you can just tell that there's so much more focus on fundamentals this offseason than just, you know, doing your job the right way, putting yourself in the right position,
0: and then good things happen from there. How good was Tommy Eichenberg tonight? And and then to stand back here, <laughs> Tommy, come on, man. I swear wearing a sport coat over a T-shirt. He, he, you know, not, this is so uncomfortable for him. Uh, it's not his scene, and I give him so much credit for doing it because it's clearly not his thing, but he understands that it's part of the deal. If you're going to be a, a big-name player at a program like this, people are going to want to talk to you and, and – it may not be comfortable. So props to him for doing it. But I, as soon as he walked in the room, there was a small, everybody kind of laughing, like he's, he's really wearing that, but of course he is. Um, Tommy played really, really well tonight, had a huge tackle in the first half that got everybody out of their seats. Um, I continue to feel like, he is now in a place where he's going to excel because he's that inside zone run linebacker where he can stuff a hole. He's not being asked to go cover a guy man-to-man.
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, it was kind of uh, – um... Not necessarily a coincidence, but kind of fitting that they they were honoring the 2002 national champions today because I thought that you know him out there in that 35 kind of reminded me of Matt Wilhelm back in 2002. You know, yeah. so it, you know it's kind of one of those things. He feels very comfortable with the role he's in, and he can just tell that that his play is you know is. Is just feeding off of that and i think that you know he's in the right situation like i had mentioned the right position and you know then he's going to be able to play and just not have to worry about you know maybe the outside noise or worry about you know things that are out of his control he just has to focus on where he's at and you know the buckeyes defense like um you know benefits from that
0: Lathan ransom was also another really important player tonight didn't see a ton of josh proctor uh i thought ronnie hickman played fairly well um Steel Chambers, I thought, had a really solid game, and I I liked what I saw from the defense. There's basically one way for me to, to sum up the defense on the night. They essentially had one bad drive where they ended up allowing a touchdown, and I thought they went too deep with their rotation. They played some guys who maybe weren't ready to see meaningful snaps. Now, could that truly be the case? Was it just a bad series? I guess that's possible. Notre Dame also benefited from a tremendously fortunate catch. I'm not going to take the skill component away from that catch, but there was certainly some luck involved, Um, you know, laying on your back and having the ball kind of fall in your lap. Yeah, it's, there's some luck involved there, Um, but they scored and they took the lead and they did it in a time where a high state's offense was just out of rhythm. Um, Before we talk about the absence of Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and, the clunkiness of the offense from that point forward, after giving up that touchdown, Notre Dame punted every possession the rest of the night. And I thought for Ohio state to go basically pitch a second half shutout and, and give the offense the time it needed Mm -hmm. and, and the feeling that they didn't have to panic because you're only down three points. You're going to tie the game. That has to be, or take the lead. That has to be your mindset. The defense allowed the offense tonight to come back in the game well that's what's kind of weird about it knowing what happened last year so different
1: it it was really night and day and I think that you know when it when it came time for them to to go on that you know the go-ahead drive it didn't seem like there were ever there was any necessarily urgency they felt you know there was plenty of time to do it and then you know once they got the lead on Xavier Johnson's touchdown and then they you know put it out of reach at that point with with Mayan Williams you know having 60 yards on On that final drive, I think that they just kind of methodically said, you know what, we're just better than Notre Dame and we can take it down the field and and put this
0: game away. Ohio State's uh, toughness, I thought, wore down Notre Dame late. The the defensive effort tonight from the Irish was really admirable. I think it maybe even exceeded my expectations of them a little bit. Uh, They were better in coverage than I thought they'd be. They were about what I expected on the defensive line. They made it difficult for Ohio State to really move the line of scrimmage. But the Buckeye offensive line did more than enough to keep C.J. Stroud on his feet. Mm -hmm. There weren't a bunch of negative plays. The times where Ohio State was working behind the sticks were probably more their own doing than it was Notre Dame forcing that. Um, You know, all in all, look, the offense was the furthest possible thing from anybody's mind when thinking about things that could go wrong in this game, the assumption yeah. was, oh, they're just gonna they're gonna do what we know that they're capable of doing. And, right. Um, Ryan Day just said, look, sometimes early in the year it's a little clunky.
1: Well, and I think too, you know, he he mentioned as well, like they they just put so much emphasis and focus on being tough and you know not not being, um, you know basically the other team allowing them to just kind of dictate the game in the trenches. And I think that that was a really uh, a focal point today, just maybe for the rest of the season as well. Like they know that they, you know, they can score 45 points a game, 40, 50, you know, whatever, but it's these game, these kind of games in this situation right here, that's going to end up allowing them to, you know, possibly beat Michigan down the road, beat Wisconsin, beat Iowa. Those are the teams that are going to, you know, Notre Dame is very similar to them in, in, and yeah. in, in all kinds of aspects. And I think that this, you know, you're going to get 50 points against Arkansas State. You're going to get 50 points against Toledo. But th- that moment, you know, and those games, you're going to need this kind of effort. And I think that, you know, you had mentioned CJ, you know, having time, but I also think that he kind of, he's kind of grown up a lot too, where I think that he recognized these things a little bit more. You kind of saw him slip out of, you know, out of certain rushes and stuff and, and then kind of recognized it right when it was happening and I extend plays. And I think that that just talks to like his maturation.
0: You remember his first press conference after the first game of the year last year? He was he was so shy. Yeah, he was. You know, he he he's a man. He stood up there, he answered questions, but there was like a I don't want to call it nervousness, but like just an unfamiliarity mm-hmm. with all of this. And I I didn't even notice it necessarily today in what he said. I noticed it in his posture. There were times he was leaning on the podium. He he was almost a little slouched over because he was relaxed yeah. because this doesn't phase him anymore being yeah. in this press conference room and answering tough questions and i thought when xavier johnson who all of a sudden finds himself in the spotlight today mm-hmm. and xavier's clearly like hey man i'm 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 going to give you the best answer i can yeah. i hope that answered your question yeah. here's what's going on in my head i found xavier almost leaning on cj in that moment like hey man how am i supposed to handle this yeah. it was it was an incredible 360 uh for cj I, I i'm really really impressed with his maturity well and i think we've noticed that kind of in the spring you know he was maybe
1: cracking jokes with us it has media availabilities and that like those kind of things and then you know i think it, w- it was very notable in that you know cj always starts out his his press conferences and media availabilities with you know i want to give praise to god and and so forth and if you notice Mike call did the same thing yes he did xavier johnson did the same thing and you know i don't you know, I'm not saying that takes away from their faith or anything like that, but I think that it just kind of speaks to the player that Ohio State recruits and and has on their team, and then just, you know, kind of the brotherhood that they have as well, where they can kind of lean on each other for those faith moments. And you know, Xavier Johnson gave all you know all praise to God for catching the the touchdown pass and, you know, being able to carry him down the field in that moment. And I think that that just, you know, they're all very like-minded, and it's really cool to see.
0: It's only a kick. I, I, there was nothing disingenuous about it. Oh, not at all. But similar to Xavier, Mike Hall's not a guy that's been up here yeah. talking to to folks after games either. And so, in the same light, I think there's a little bit of of leaning on their leader who was yeah. front and center.
1: I'd say and they see what he does. So you know, if he's up there and he says, you know, I want to give glory to God and this yeah. and that, like they're going to say the same thing because they want that's to follow what, his
0: lead. And that's, that's, that's exactly
1: does. you know why he is a captain, <laughs> why you know people look to him, and why. You know, in a situation like today they never worried because they knew what what he had in store
0: okay a couple of other big things offensively um i don't want to go any further without talking talking about jackson in his absence so if you were uh, at home you certainly caught this on the broadcast if you were at the stadium maybe you were just catching up jackson smith and jigba early in the game took what i thought was at first glance kind of a tough shot and i was a little surprised they didn't review it for targeting i looked at the replay the defensive back clearly led with his with his shoulder, but he, he hit Smith and Jigba in a way that, you know, his helmet went flying off, his body kind of was contorted. The first angle, you couldn't really tell, and it just looked like it was a tough hit, and he got up a little, you know, I don't want to say woozy, but he, he wasn't totally right. Um, and we just all sort of thought when the helmet went flying off, that that's what that was. Fast forward a few minutes later, it became obvious that it was actually his left leg that kind of got rolled up on on that play. And you could kind of see him grabbing at his hamstring a little bit. He was on the exercise bike, clearly trying to figure out a way to just work through whatever that pain was. Uh, finally, they put him back in the game. And, and I mean, no offense to Jackson, because he's an unbelievable player. He, he was a shell of himself. Mm-hmm. He, he, he just didn't have it. I hope the injury is not long-term. Ryan Day said afterward that they they hope they're going to get him back uh, this coming week. They'll they'll do a little more evaluation tomorrow. Um, I thought perhaps losing him and the inability early in the game to run the ball and move the line of scrimmage at will just kind of left everything a little flat.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, when you lose a, a key part of your offense, like you're going to kind of struggle with that and say, you know. If, if they game planned all week to make Jackson a, a significant part of the offense, like, and then you take him away, that's going to be difficult. But I think that, you know, in the end, one, you're not going to necessarily need him against Arkansas state and Toledo the next two weeks. Yeah. So, you know, just make sure he gets healthy. But at the same time, I think that it was important to see, you know, Xavier step up, Marvin step up. Jaden Ballard was the yeah. first one off the bench. Yeah. So I think, it, you know, while it, it may have seemed a little wonky because he was missing, at the same time, it allowed CJ to get more comfortable with the other wide receivers because, you know, he's mentioned dating back to, you know, when they first came up and were on scout team together and they had that repertoire because of that, you know, and then to take him away and say, okay, well, now I'm going to be able to rely on these other guys. Like, that, that's just as important to me.
0: You know, no Julian Fleming tonight, which I was a little confused by because, you know, he was on the game day status report uh, as a game, de- a game time decision. We're standing in the in the south end zone before the game, and Julian was asked by somebody who whose name I don't want to mention, but who you would think he would give a straight answer to, and he looked at that person and said, "I'm I'm all right, I'm good." Um, and he went out there and warmed up, and so I sort of thought, okay, well, and Julian Fleming's going to play tonight. Um, he finished his warm ups, and then he never took the field. Okay, Ameka um, Igbuka. I thought played really well. Mm-hmm. He didn't have too many unbelievable moments that we know he's capable of. The touchdown was a really nice play. You know, he showed a good burst of speed to get away from two defenders and didn't shy away from contact when he went toward the pylon it was a nice touchdown. But I, I think of the receiving group tonight, he's the one that stood out to me the most mm-hmm. uh, in thinking, okay, look, now with Jackson out of the game mm-hmm. and no Chris and no Garrett from last year. Yeah. Let's see what this looks like. And, and Igbuka took his chance.
1: Yeah. And you kind of think that, you know, just going into the season, it was going to be Jackson one, Julian two, a mecca three. And then today it was really a mecca one. So yeah. I think that, you know, that that only allows him to get more confident. And Yeah. I mean, he yeah, I mean, obviously showed why he was a five star prospect, you know, number one wide receiver in the country. So I think his that,
0: highlight film from high school is fun to watch. Yeah. So oh, I mean, my.
1: it's just a matter of, you know, getting him in there, getting him comfortable. And I think at some point, you know, I did kind of. Think that ohio state missed garrett wilson and chris Olave a little bit because you know I mean, I don't they know missed whether, their
0: two first round wide yeah. receivers <laughs> i mean i
1: think that I, I and i've said this before where i think that you know we kind of forget that they did lose two first round wide receivers because you know for for all the stuff that you know jackson did in the rose bowl i think that it was just it kind of one of those stars aligning you know moments where he had marvin step up and all that kind of stuff but yeah, to lose two first-round wide receivers, you know, that's that's not an easy thing. I and mean, we have to remember this was only game one. There, there's so many times that, you know, you come into game one and it, everything is a little bit off. You're still learning things. The crowd is there and so forth. And, you know, CJ acknowledged that today. And I think that, you know, just getting that out of the way, you know, that, that that's only
0: beneficial. I, um, I thought it was really important for this team to win a game that felt like a true team win early in the season it wasn't just one or maybe two guys that carried the way i think there's something to be said for trying to set the tone for a good year when you can do it in this way Where hey it's going to take 60 minutes you're trailing at halftime they went six possessions in a row without scoring a point I have to look it up. I saw a tweet. I wasn't sure if it was uh, factually accurate or not. But it's been a long time since Ohio State has gone that many consecutive possessions with nothing. I'm not going to get too upset about Ruggles missing the field goal. Could it have been a bigger deal? Yes, yeah. um, it happens. It was just a slight pull. It's not the not the end of the world. But obviously, that's not good. He got the miss out of the way early in the yeah, year. I sure hope so. The end of the year. You know his his track record's pretty good. So yeah. I'm not gonna not gonna worry about that. Um, but the running game, I think, deserves some attention here before we wrap up, because there were moments in the first half where <laughs> you scroll through message boards or social media or talking amongst your family and friends, watching the game, probably all yelling to each other. Why are we not running the football? Uh, and Ryan Day was asked. Actually, I thought Doug Maurice asked a great question at the end of this press conference where he basically said, look, Ryan, you you have clearly demonstrated an unbelievable ability to throw the football during your time here. But given the way the end of the game went and your ability to run out the clock mm-hmm. and punch in a couple of touchdowns, yeah, one was through the air, one was on the ground, Doug was basically asking, Ryan, are you more satisfied in winning a game this way because sometimes you need to? And they had a big smile on his face. Yes, yes, I am. Um, It's nice to throw it. It's nice to have those those weapons. They've they've done it really well, but you gotta be able to run the ball. And there were times early on it didn't look good, but by the end of the game, you look at the numbers and think, actually, those carries were split pretty evenly. Mm-hmm. Travion and Mayan picked up some really tough yards. They they ran hard. They ran well.
1: Yeah, and I mean, since they got here, you know, they've been able to throw the ball like crazy. It's never been a concern. And it always has been, you know, it's kind of popped up last year. It popped up in in 2018 when Dwayne Haskins was quarterback. And, you know, they were going back and forth between J.K. Dobbins and and Mike Weber. And it, it just seems like at moments there's like an aversion to maybe running the ball. Like they just maybe don't want to because they know that they can throw the ball. But I think that it was important for them to sit there and say, okay, well we have to run the ball. Like there has to be a mindset to say, we have to do this because if we don't do this, then we're not going to be able to reach our goals because, you know, at some point it's going to bite us in the butt because we're not going to be able to do what
0: we need to do. Yeah. And again, I, I just think about that in the context of the defense did way more than what we were used to seeing in these kinds of situations the last two years. But, in, in the small subset that is tonight, they did their job in not letting Notre Dame run away with it when they had some momentum. Um, you know, I'm not saying they never gave up first downs. They gave up a handful along the way over those few drives. Um, but they just never let the Irish get to a point where they made Ohio State feel too nervous. And I think that was probably, at the end of the game, Notre Dame will probably look back at that film and go, man, it was problematic for us because we could have done fill in the blank. We could yeah. have put that team, you know, I'm talking with a couple of guys in the press box during the game. And it it felt at times like Notre Dame was one more big play away like they had at that first play of the game. They're one of those plays away from all of a sudden Ohio State fans are going, uh, uh-oh. Yeah. This isn't good.
1: It was very easily, you know, in a a situation where they could have been down 17-7, to
0: Yeah. you know, in the third quarter, and you're kind of
1: like, wait a minute, you know, is this Oregon all over again where, you know, they're just throwing the ball and trying to get back and, you know, coming up short. But, yeah, I mean, I think that one thing I was really impressed with with Tyler Buckner, uh, another quarterback, especially just his dual threat ability, and I think that that was something that will benefit Ohio State down the road because, really, you know, there was a lot of times he'd be back there, you know, looking like he was going to throw it and then just take off, and it's like, okay, well, then that speaks to what I was talking about, about just everybody kind of gang tackling and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, he was really impressive. And I think that, you know, Notre Dame had a a lot of chances, but I think that ultimately what hurt them is, you know, just maybe not having the same talent at wide receiver or just, you know, really anybody outside of Michael Mayer to really throw
0: the ball to. Um, And I just think that, you know, that that ended up being why they couldn't keep up. Buckner started the game eight of eight for like 128 yards. Um, They weren't all really impressive passes he threw a couple that were that were good but i i actually i found myself admiring what tommy reese did offensively when notre dame was trying to move the ball between the tackles and rely on a very good offensive line and it wasn't working yeah and and then it was okay let's get tyler situated and get the ball out of his hands and throw a bunch of bubble screens Mm -hmm or or quick slants or whatever get it to a skill position guy fast enough and get somebody in space and that's where the buckeye defense they didn't struggle but it like Notre Dame started to get a little bit of life and obviously you know when you hit that one other lucky catch it yeah. put together a 87-yard drive and eventually scored
1: yeah and i think that you know you made a really good point just about you know doing a lot of read options and then getting it out of the out of his hands really quickly because as as a young guy you know you want to take out the the decision making in those kind of situations and really you know ohio state was giving that to them yeah. it wasn't like they were sitting there saying you know we're 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 trying to stop you and not being able to do it they were really saying you know you can throw it underneath all day if you want you're just not going to beat us you know over the top or anything like
0: that well and, and when you double somebody like michael mayer you're basically trusting the rest of your guys to handle their one-on-one assignments or else you're in trouble. And unfortunately, there was one instance where that really was problematic. Uh, Mayer also fumbled and got lucky and fell yeah. right on top of a ball that could have squirmed any any number of different ways. He might've had a, a much larger gain on that play if he didn't fumble. I know he's kind of you know running laterally there, but still. Um, know all things considered i thought ohio state handled its assignments really well on both sides of the ball they displayed the mental toughness that we really needed to see against a good opponent i don't know if notre dame's top five i think notre dame i said this on our podcast the other day i think they're definitely better than nine of the teams on their schedule Mm -hmm. i think ohio state is a better team and and i think the buckeyes proved that tonight late in the game and I think Notre Dame is capable of winning the other coin flip games on their schedule against yeah. a couple of good teams. Will they be a playoff caliber team? I'm not sure. But they were more than worthy of the the hype around this game early mm-hmm. in the year. And they gave Ohio State a really good test.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there was moments where it kind of did feel like, a you know, a playoff game. Of 100%. You know, it was very evenly matched in, in many different aspects, and I think that, yeah, I mean, I was a little bit critical of Notre Dame early in the week, but, you know, I'll be the first to admit after that game that I do think, that, you know, they're very capable of winning 10 games, and, you know, if they could beat Clemson later in the year, like those are – that that's an opportunity for them to get back in the playoff picture, and, you know, who knows, maybe this could be a matchup in, in the first round of the playoff again.
0: Very uh, very possible, that's for sure. So that's our instant analysis here from, uh, from Ohio Stadium. It was – an extremely fun day that started early this morning with college game day in town. Uh, perhaps you saw it on social media, Reese Davis right before he, he starts hosting the show turns around to, you know, a couple thousand fans that had, that had gathered for college game day. And uh, he said, <laughs> he said, you think some big TV contracts going to keep us off the banks of the Yoland Tangy hell no. And, and, you know, the place went nuts and it sort of set the tone for, look, I know ESPN and, and the Big Ten are not partners after this year. But there is clearly still a passion on the national scene that um, ESPN says they're not going to ignore. You know, money matters for sure. And and um, this is a fan base that supports their team and and loves the national spotlight. There's a reason College Game Day has been covering yeah. Buckeye games for so long.
1: I mean, I definitely think, you know, and, and we kind of saw it in, in what Corso said when he when he donned yeah. Brutus Buckeye headgear. Like, you know, dating back to 1996 when Ohio State was the, his first pick with the headgear, you know, Brutus has a soft spot in his heart. And I think that... You he know, wasn't
0: picking the Irish yeah, today. Not at all. Way. Even though he is Catholic, like <laughs> he said. But yep.
1: yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, it's a matter of one, there's just a passionate fan base here that would love to have him back, regardless of, you know, what some occasional people might say on social media. But at the same time, they know that, like... That's an, uh, a way for them to make money, too, is to say, OK, well, we're coming you know, to Ohio State as much as we can because we can and that's going to help us. So, yeah, I mean, even though ESPN isn't going to have the game, they're still going to have a presence here. So, yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, you, you pick a different channel to
0: watch it on. It's not that big of a deal. Ryan Day, he didn't say it. Uh, he didn't have to because his actions spoke plenty loud enough. Um, when I was over at game day this morning and he was kind of, quote unquote, backstage, getting ready to be called up uh, to go sit on their second stage, I suppose, outside and, and talk with the game day crew. Uh Coach Day had his phone out and he was videoing what was going on because even he wanted to be able to look back on it and say, man, this is this is pretty cool. Yeah, so. I think that, that, and that's kind of interesting, too, because earlier in the week he kind of said, you know. He's not
1: going to be able to, you know, take in the moment. And I think maybe that kind of made him. Say, it wasn't you know a what? long, it wasn't a long yeah. video, but he did take it in. I think that maybe that's just something that <laughs> you know somebody brought that up with him, and he says, you know what, maybe I do need to bring, you know, to take this in because it's not often, you know, this is literally the first time that we've ever had, you know, Ohio State play a top five opponent, be in the top five themselves, yep. and and play the season opener. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things you really just have to take it in.
0: I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to ask Jim Knowles this question this week. This will be the final thought as we wrap up. Jim Knowles is such a serious dude. And and by the way, because, because they checked off, like because yeah. they checked off every box, you know, his like stoic nature is, mm-hmm. is two thumbs up. I'm gonna ask him this week, like, what is what brings him joy? What is fun hmm. in this for him? Because he made comments about, you know, I'm happy for the players or whatever, but like I just don't see him smile a whole lot. Yeah. And his defense was worth smiling over tonight.
1: Well, I wonder, I kind of want to ask him, who is the real Jim Knowles? Because yeah. is it the guy who is, you know, with his hat down like this, yeah. not really wanting to talk to us, you know, early in the, in in the spring, in the, in the, in the fall, or is he the guy who's cracking jokes? It's like a matter of him just being comfortable with it. And it makes me wonder if just, you know, moving forward, is this the Jim Knowles we're going to get, or is he just, you know, maybe at the beginning of every year, kind of going to be that, you know, gruff, I don't want to talk kind of guy. And then, You know, once he feels comfortable with the defense, then he'll he'll let his true self show.
0: And there was something certainly to be said for, hey, I know, I know, I'm in a big role. We're just going to go out and prove it, and let the work do uh, do the talking for us. The Buckeyes certainly did that today, 21 to 10. You can find all the the stats online if you're interested. Look at some of the numbers. Um, You know, none of them were particularly gaudy. Neither running back for Ohio State ran for 100 yards. CJ threw for just over 200. Um, But the Buckeyes didn't turn it over. And when they had to find a way to get it done late, they could lean on their offense. The defense carried the day through some tough times. Uh, A very, very impressive season opening win Ohio State gets ready for uh, two lesser opponents the next couple weeks before they'll host Wisconsin. For Andrew Lind, I'm Brendan Gulick. All the latest that you need is over on BuckeyesNow.com. Andrew's gonna have some really cool photos from tonight posted. So certainly uh, wanna check those out. If you miss Coach Day's press conference, that's available on our YouTube channel over on Buckeyes Now on YouTube. And uh, follow all the content you need over on Buckeyes Now on SI, on all of our uh, social channels, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, Uh, did you have something else? Yeah, don't forget, the polls do not come out tomorrow. The (laughs) polls do not come out until
1: Tuesday because there's Florida State and LSU on Sunday, and we have Clemson and Georgia Tech on Monday. So
0: just wanted to make sure y'all were aware when you check Buckeyes now at noon tomorrow and don't see that. uh, I'm very interested to see how the voters are going to look at this Ohio State team judging what Alabama did today to a much lesser opponent. Um, I'll be interested to see how much more national respect Ohio State garners do they get more respect because their defense played well? Are they dinged at all for not having a great offensive showing? Um, looking forward to seeing that for sure. The reality is this team is off to a great start, uh, and certainly with an early season win that they couldn't find last year against that non-conference team, uh, they are in a better spot already here in 2022. Again, for Andrew Lind, I'm Brendan Gulick. Thanks for tuning in to Buckeye Breakdown, our instant analysis post-game show after the Buckeyes beat the Notre Dame Fighting Irish 21-10 to to kick off the 100th season here at Ohio Stadium. We'll see you real soon. Buckeye breakdown continues on Monday morning. We'll get uh, get some, upon further review, thoughts, tell you what we learned about this game after having a chance to kind of dive into it, and then we'll turn our attention to Arkansas State on Tuesday. We'll see you soon, everybody. Go Bucks! Have a great weekend.